Welcome to the Man Cave, the only podcast hosted by two best friends with nothing in common except their names. I'm Mandy Kaplan. And I'm Mandy Fabian. Every week we test the limits of our friendship by arguing over movies, books, podcasts, uh, and all of Mandy's dumb ideas. Grab a couch. Let's get to it. Today, on a very special man cave. Very special. Oh, I don't think we're going to argue at all. No. And how distracting is the beautiful guest star we have on our show today sitting on the Zoom? I've never felt more like you and I are, we look like we're in mental institutions. (laughs) And our guest looks like our therapist who's going to solve all of our problems. I've never seen a more beautiful Zoom participant in all of my life. And backdrop, too. I mean, it's all okay. So we Mm -hmm. watched. A show on Peacock called Paul T. Goldman, mm-hmm. which uh, stars the incredibly talented and gorgeous Melinda McGraw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Paul T. Goldman. And, and, and Paul T. Goldman. <laughs> and a multitude of other fantastic actors. Yes. I was going to make a joke and be like, but Melinda couldn't be here. So we got the <laughs> third extra from the party scene. <laughs> but we have Melinda McGraw here. So to kick us off, Pete, could you please play our trailer for Paul T. Goldman? I'm a regular guy that got caught up in extraordinary circumstances. This story is as accurate as it is unbelievable. I couldn't make this up. It happened to me. Paul, is this what happened? It's all been put in the book. I'm a single dad raising my son, Johnny. I always brought Johnny with me on my first dates. Then I came across a woman, family-oriented, stay-at-home mom. Audrey? Let's cut there. How does that feel, Paul? He's the main guy. He's going to play himself. Guilty as charged, Your Honor. Wow, that's weird. Action. Shortly after we were married, she was trying to fleece Paul out of money. What'd you do? I'm getting a psychic reading. I'm Terry J. I'm a pet psychic. I'm sensing that this is bigger than we think. What? I said that. That started the discoveries of her secret double life. She had a secret phone and she had secret addresses. This is the spot. This woman must be stopped. Thanks. You're welcome. You don't leave me hanging. I went and paid a visit to the FBI. In this story, every time you turn over a rock, I'm the warrior now. You'll find several more pebbles. I'm in full stealth mode. This case haunts me. It started off here and it just went here. Beam me up, Scotty. I'm in the twilight zone. I don't know that it makes sense. No, 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 no. This is the script now. Don't worry. It'll be great. So everybody just heard the trailer. They're getting that it's meta. It's half real. It's half scripted. It's all true. We're going to find out. It's so crazy. Yes. Uh, Yeah. We're going to find out. I think a lot of the details are as much as she can tell us. Uh, And I want to hear everything about how it was shot and uh, this. See how this comedy gold mine happened. And then we'll talk about the show. Melinda, rip up that NDA and please (laughs) unmute yourself and join us. Hi. Oh, hello. Oh, my. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here and coming and interviewing with us. 
I'm psyched you asked me because I love talking about this show. So I love when people <laughs> watch it because you can't, there's no way to talk about it unless you've seen it or describe it or. Yeah, I think, um, I, Melinda, you, you, this show has been going going on for some time, right? Like, can you tell us like, when did all of this, what, what was the first, the beginnings of this and how, I, I, I'm dying to know more about Paul. I think he's adorable. He's such an interesting character. And I, I just, I want to hear like, what, what, how did they present this to you? Because it's like a documentary and it's a scripted thing. And it's, you play this, you play this great character. Like, how did it all come about? Just a real peach. You play a real peach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she is a peach. Well, so I was, um, working on something else. And I ha- I was just out of town on a little vacation. I got a call from my manager saying, there's a director who is doing an experimental project. <laughs> this was in 2017. Um, oh, it's wow. Presentation. When's the last time you heard that term, pilot presentation yeah. for Hulu? And I was like, well, that's interesting. She said, it pays nothing. It's just a few days and it's really weird, but he wa- would like to speak to th- with you on the phone. And I never say no to that because... You never know. Yeah. um, So he sent me um, some clips of Paul being interviewed. So this was 2017. Some clips of Paul being interviewed. Like I'm Paul T. Goldman, and this happened to me. And so when he's sitting there with the blue backdrop, that was Mm -hmm. all shot. Oh wow! He sent me his. I think the pitch, his pitch, not his pitch deck, but his pitch letter about what this was that he'd been pitching to networks. And he sent me <laughs> the script um, that Paul had written, um, which is um, uh, unsophisticated. Um, oh my God, I so, love it so much. And so I was like, okay, wow. So then I got on the phone with him and he, you know, Jason Walner is so, he is so humble and disarming and smart and funny and curious. And that's what really got me because he didn't really know. I mean, he had no idea where it was going to go. Really. Yeah, there can't be an end to wow. something like this. No. You just I, have to right. start. Yeah. And I'm he so told story of how five years prior in 2012, he was being tweeted at by this guy about this book. And he bought the book off Amazon called Duplicity which they changed the name to Double Life, Double Wife by the time I got my hands on it. And then she <laughs> back duplicity once it was in the show as duplicity. And he told the story of what happened to him. Um, so he told me the story of how he, then he met the guy and then he found out he tweeted it like 200. He just looked up directors on Google and it tweeted to every single so one of them. So smart. Paul T. Goldman, good for <laughs> you. So smart. So enterprising. I love it. Great. Uh, brave and the audacity of hope, right? Yeah. So, um, so he didn't know until I think that he was corresponding with him for years. And I literally, I literally think he found out that Brett Ratner had sent him a letter when he said, okay, let's do it. He was like, oh no, someone else is onto this. <laughs> so he made a commitment. So for five years, they wrote back and forth. He went down there some to Florida, sometimes by himself, sometimes with the crew, interviewed. Wow went around with them to these places, tried to get the story. Meanwhile, thinking the basic premise is that, you know, he married a woman who was scamming him. It was a fraudulent marriage. And then he found out from a previous, once they were getting divorced, a previous husband that she had a boyfriend on the side who his 
PI thought was her pimp. And so, you know, once Paul was starting to go through the process of getting divorced, he got phone records and he had a private eye follower and it looked very suspicious. So he thought, well, she looked <laughs> prostitute. And then he found out because he was talking to his pet psychic, there were some other possibilities <laughs> of a bigger thing. He decided well, this really looks like with the evidence that he thought he found an international sex trafficking organization slash mob slash be behind it, maybe the Vatican. So it became a very big story to him. So anyway, of course I said, yes. Oh God. Yeah. Shot the first, the pilot in three days, at least my rules were, were, I, we did in three days. So uh, that was 2017 before I went through menopause. <clears throat> and um, and it was all my own hair at the time. So, <laughs> so when I met Paul, he was disarming and sweet and charming, and obviously a unique dude. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. a yeah. a unicorn, I would say now, probably in a lot of ways. You know, a baby boomer, uh, baby boomer references. Yeah, um, and a fan's perception of what Hollywood is like and what scripts are like. And but and has, a very sweet guy. He, he's, that's what comes across is that he is so sweet. Like he's so excited that you're there. He's so excited that the whole process is happening. He also has some creative ideas about the way that, you know, the way that your character was supposed to be because it was his wife. Like, by the way, Double Life, Double Wife. I'm glad that title is no longer taken because I'm about to write yeah. that screenplay. No, that's a great title. <laughs> Wait, can I'd like, while we're on the subject of Paul, I love that this show, he is a, a very interesting offbeat guy. And this never makes fun of that. It embraces that and celebrates that this is really his story and who he is. And I get very uncomfortable with anything documentary that seems to be judging and making fun of its subjects. I I am off put. Yeah, so I do. was worried turning this on like, oh, are we supposed to laugh at this man? Because he seems very dear and I don't want to laugh at him. And not for one second is it played out that way. It is simply. This is his story and this is who he really is. And and I love when he's he digs his heels in and, he, you know, like not fights with the director, but he's like, no, 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 that's not how we're going to do it. You just roll that camera. I got this. And I'm like, you go, Paul T. Goldman, you go. He's so <laughs> unbelievable. And I have to, at some point, we don't have to talk about it right now, but I am dying to talk about that sex scene because there's this moment in the show when you guys are trying to act like you're making love and you start laughing, which you're a consummate professional like Melinda. That was what was so much fun is you and all, like all the actors, but like watching you take this, as you put it, fairly unsophisticated script, but, you know, it's not nuanced, but you guys give it such gravity. You know, you are so in it, like it is real. and. It's so much fun to watch. I really want to hear about that sex scene moment. <laughs> First of all, as a, as a backdrop in terms of the documentary thing, I, you know, Jason always wanted, Paul was going to guide how this story went. He wanted Paul to be involved he, and he wanted it to be Paul front and center. And he, Paul kind of came to that, oh, maybe... Maybe it's good. You know, he turned to the camera during the audition process and started talking. And that's when he kind of realized, oh, maybe I should play Paul, which is really what Jason hoped. But he oh. let Paul make that decision. He let Paul say, 
Yeah, I think it's great if you interview people, real people, and we do the making of, uh, well, at the same mm-hmm. time. So, you wow. know, it kind of came to everything. And Jason really stood back and he, Paul was at every scene looking at the monitor, directing us. And then Jason would come in and say, why don't we try it this way or something like that? But he never said no to Paul. We always did Paul's version first. And if Paul wanted to say something to camera, we would stop and do that, whatever Paul wanted. And he would come in and, you know, I'd be doing those scenes with Earl, Earl Brown and he would say, you know, more violent. Paul would be like, more violent. I'd be like, what do you mean more violent? And you know, so we do that. And then, you know, then Jason would say, maybe what about this? So I just wanted to say that that was part of the genius of Jason, that he, yeah. Paul, he put Paul front and center. And it was the story of a man making his story and the process of getting out of it what he needed. And yeah. to that, I think that Jason and I, from the beginning, were like, you know, we're going to treat this. We're not going to do this tongue in cheek or wink at it. We're going to do this as right. serious as possible. Give it, give it our all the most, give it the, you know, that, and of course it, it, it doesn't mean it wasn't funny. <laughs> right. No, it was very funny. Yeah, but you're right. I think that's what the, that's what Mandy was saying. Like he's such a guileless kind of character. He's such an interesting guy and lovable. And you guys were not making fun of his eccentricity. You were going, letting him build this world. And and it's his world. And and it's very the the groundedness of it, the authenticity with which you guys did all this for him. Some of it being his fantasy and some of it being the reality of the situation of his life. You know, it was that it was just great. The reality, how he saw it. Yes. Yeah. And but I think you can see that there are times when he'll say this is how it was. And I'll be like, oh. <laughs> so I I have a burning question on behalf of my husband, who is also loving it. What when you are in the middle of a scene? It is not uncommon for Paul to be like, you know what? This isn't how this went. She would really say it this way. And he stops a scene and Jason's like, oh, well, how did she really say it? Wasn't there a script? Was the, Or was that, was that um, and I'm saying this lovingly, improvised but planned for? Like, how was there not an end to that scene? Do you know what I'm saying? No, there was a script. I'm not sure which scene you're talking about. Um, I, I I just picture Paul at a desk and Jason walks on and Paul's like, actually, this isn't how this happened. It should we should be doing it this way. And it's like, oh, what do, aren't they following a script? We were following a script. but I don't know if that was blocking or there was certainly there was a scene with him that was originally a much longer scene. That's what that he thought would win us all the awards when she's been arrested. This is in his fantasy section. This is in the fiction section that he wrote after that she's arrested and he comes and he says, I forgive you, you're a troubled person and I'm going to pay for your therapy. Um, where he was originally played it and he was quite cold. And then we redid it where he he started improvising. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get through, through this together and came down next to me was while I was crying and stuff like that. Um, but he would, he sometimes would change or come up with ideas. He came up with ideas on the spot a lot. So right. there was, in that way, we would shift whatever he wanted That's to shift. so cool. But it, well, there was a script, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, I thought maybe it was a more waiting for Guffman, like, yeah, we had a rough outline and we knew where we were going, but, but yeah, scripted. The off-camera stuff. Now, in terms of the love scene, um, it, uh, <laughs> 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 I don't know if anybody, but uh, basically, uh, 
when he was on me and it was action and he started moving in a particular way that was not <laughs> anything I've experienced before. <laughs> And completely, you know, absolutely professional until that. And I just, everything of the last, because I think that was our last day of the last several days, it just came to a moment and I just started giggling. And it was one of those where I couldn't stop. And he was so adorable what he just said. That's a common, very common reaction right to the camera, which. Oh my God. It, it was, was so funny. Yeah. So cute. And we did laugh for a very long time. And, um, <laughs> That, so uh, the, it's so interesting, like those moments, though, that the fact that Jason includes those makes you really go. It's like on the one hand, you start off, you're like, well, this is just a great story. This is a great documentary about this guy who this hapless guy who kind of got sucked into this worldwide child trafficking thing. Right. And then it starts to turn when the revenge fantasy starts. When you go, wait, did he really, did they really get arrested? Did he really, like when they get blown up on the boat, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, no, 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 <laughs> that can't be what happened. Did you, you watched that far, didn't you, Mand? I didn't get that far, but that's oh, okay. whoops, spoiler alert. No, 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 that's okay. <laughs> we watched the first three. Okay, well, <laughs> it's gonna yeah. get. And it, but I, yeah. we felt a change coming, you know, yes. at the end of that third one, you're like, mm, we're in for something different now. Like it, it's, you feel a shift. So wonderful. I mean, it's so, and I actually, I, Melinda, I wrote you, didn't I? I was like, I, you're so amazing on this show. And like, what the hell? I don't know what's real anymore. I don't know what's in his head. I don't know what's going on. Is this true? And I was like, is this true? And you were like, you have to wait and find out. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff I didn't know until I watched the finale. A lot. Wow. Oh, really? I have done interviews in which I'm like, oh, I, <laughs> maybe should have said, can I see the whole thing before I do an interview? Because, um, yeah, you've seen the finale? I have, yes. So we can say it's a spoiler alert and we can share with people. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Spoiler alert, but just, just of course, as you know, one of the things I said is what you see is what you get. And that's just not completely true. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, you know, I still believe he's pure. I still believe he's oh, yeah. the, the sweetest guy. He is someone who was so hurt and wasn't going to take it lying down. Yes. Be for, for, for many influences, including yeah. someone, his spiritual advisor, who he really relies on, yes. um, his inner voice, and also some private eyes who maybe weren't very scrupulous. He got information that led him to believe something and, yes. and leave it with all his heart. And that's why I think the series is so, in the end, brilliant because. First of all, I don't know, am I really the only one who thinks that we all have revenge fantasies or am I the only one who has revenge fantasies? Sorry. Not Mandy does. Mandy People. does. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> you imagine falling in love with someone and then you find out um, they had a passionate uh, relationship for five years at the same time and oh. they were you about every, every single thing. How... how not only ashamed you might feel and foolish, but then once you pass, it's almost like the stages of grief, the yeah. level of revenge to, to want to see that person publicly humiliated. I completely understand that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that drive for justice and the frustration with, should, okay, wait, so she didn't have to pay me anything, but shouldn't she be 
arrested for fraud? Isn't there wire fraud? Isn't there some more? Right. Uh, and if she is doing these other things, why isn't, where's the action? Where's the action and the waiting and the waiting? And it's just, I think, a there's something archetypal about it and there's something really zeitgeist about it in terms yeah. of this aid justice we're all feeling, but also this kind of wronged common man that a lot of people are feeling and getting really furious about and becoming vengeful. And this is these assumptions that he made or that got turned around in the truth somehow. Yeah. And I have so much compassion for that. And Oh, God, um, yes. He's completely... It, yeah, his lack of empathy, though, for her. <laughs> for a problem. And which were, but yeah. understandable. It's understandable. Yeah, you can see because she really conned him. I mean, that's the thing that comes out. So in the end, uh, the, 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 final, the final episode of the season actually has stuff from your premiere, which wasn't that long ago, right? They edited the final, with no plan, they edited the final episode in two weeks. Oh my wow. God. It's staggering. I mean, the, the uh, talent on this show, Jason's vision, the talent of these editors, the post people, the, the, the composers, and the talent of um, the, uh, the art direction, set direction, the oh, cinema, brilliant, the camera Be- department, it's everything. It's- because it's because it's not just and and Mandy, I don't know if you've gotten to this yet, but what happens is not only are we seeing reenactments of his life from mm-hmm. duplicity, right? Scenes from the novel that is our actual real parts of his life. Then he has also written all of these kind of spinoffs and ideas of him, the Paul T. Goldman Chronicles that are pure fiction. And then he puts his son into a, a chronicle. And then you see scenes like produced television type scenes with Paul's scripts acting out all of these other things. Including right. animation, which, I mean... That takes a long time. So yeah, that's, they were working on that. They were working on those. They had shot those things before, but edit, putting it all together and then putting in not only the premiere and his appearance on Kimmel, but then reaction to the show. Yeah, yeah. It was well, it, stunning. Melinda, we are going to let you go, but I would like to ask what's next for Paul T. Goldman? Like if these are all the things he imagines for himself, is Hollywood knocking on his door or is is this... Is he still in the throes of promoting this? Do you know? Well, I mean, I I know that he's on Cameo. Okay. I, <laughs> I love that. He has a line of, fast as you can, slam the man, because my next trick is waiting outside. T-shirts, hats, oh warm, um, comforters, sleeping yes. bags, uh, etc. You know, on his... Bubble is it? Bubble page? What is it called? Red bubble. Um, oh my gosh! Too hip for us. We don't know. He sells from Wimp to Warrior, which is a really, really nice T-shirt. Um, but I, yes, I think he'd be um, probably young interviewed. I think he's waiting there. He's waiting to see how the show does. But he has pitched the sequels, um, and <laughs> I think Terry J will probably end up getting a show. This oh, pen- oh I right. Yes. Well, she's it's- hilarious. Yeah. I mean, she's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, just a naturally funny person. Um, just I would- for it, she was presented. I would love to see a whole series of shows like this in honor of Paul T. Goldman, like where you take someone's life, see the reenactment, and then see their fantasy of what it it should have been. And the Hollywood treatment versus the reality. It's, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think yeah. part of the what, the reason this will be very hard to replicate is because it was 10 years. Yeah, sure. And also because there were real criminal aspects to it and they were able to hire a team of investigators mm-hmm. at Peacock to then reveal, to then give you real time. But it also, I think, sends up crime shows and sends us up as an audience or, or looks, makes us look within to say, okay, we're laughing at this and this is entertaining, but true crime shows are also entertaining and yeah. watching that serial murders reenacting the murder of victims. We are looking at that as entertainment. What is, is this different? Is it whatever? So it's more than just cringe comedy. There's a, there's so many different levels here. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be very hard to reenact this exact thing. You're kind of a light bottle situation. I think you're absolutely right. And I'm thrilled for you that you got to be a part of it. Cause so much fun and still fun. And Paul and I are still texting and processing (laughs) it. It's a lot to process, you know, as it's coming out and people are responding. And some people, you know, are very furious with me when, you know, when I say he's sweet because they're, they feel that he's maybe not so sweet or they're furious, you know, or with our all team Paul and he's the hero we've been waiting for. I mean, the reactions are very. Yeah. Wow. Which means it's good content, right? Yeah. If people are having those yeah. gut reactions and debate. That's what it's all about. Well, I think it's a genre breaker. So yes. that makes it super modern. And I think it's yes. kind of the front of the new, the kind of new storytelling. And so that's really exciting. I think it's cool. Uh, this so obviously has been a great experience for you to be involved with Paul T. Goldman. You've had a you've had a, a beautiful career full of highlights. But would you agree that being on the man cave is the best thing you've ever done with your life? <laughs> I will tell you that it's definitely in the top thirty three. Okay, oh, I'll take okay, it. We made thirty three. That's I'll not take bad. It. <laughs> and I'm really into um, maybe doing this just just for fun for us, like the three of us, like just doing it just so that yes. I think to keep me company, like while I'm talking <laughs> or something, like, yes. to play, like I would like to figure out a way to do that. Um, we are here for you. Yes. I we're... Really like the remote thing. Yeah. Well, we're in a van outside your house, actually, Melinda. We're actually <laughs> parked outside your house. So anytime, just invite us in. I will like to leave you some treats outside. I prefer <laughs> the ability to just like leave. That's just <laughs> yeah. kind of my- um, but no, I, I love you guys for doing this and I love the whole concept and you're so brilliant and funny and you bring a light to me and to everyone. Every Egan is beautiful and I wish I was with you in person, but <laughs> thank, thank you, you for thinking of me and inviting me. Thank, thank you. you for being here. You're a treasure. We are lucky to have you. Love we you guys. See love you, soon. you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Oh my God. Bye. Oh. Oh, we just got so classy. Didn't you feel that? It's well, it does feel incredibly smartless. Like saying goodbye and now we get to talk about how amazing she is. I right? know, right? We, but, hey, we are yeah. very smartless. Yeah. But can I be yeah. Will Arnett? Because he's my favorite on that one. Really? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I would have gone. Fuck I yeah, yo. You know, <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's weird. Okay, I'll be um, Batman. I'll be Will Arnett. <laughs> With his Good on you. slightly um, Canadian accent. Oh my I, God. I'm so glad that you liked the show because I thought because it was that reality sort of with him being um, 
with him being like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a bit of a, a real character and everyone sort of being not sure if they're in on the joke or in on a joke and it being a comedy. Just that style. I thought maybe that you wouldn't care for it. But I was nervous just yeah. because I'm so sensitive to making fun of people. But then it, yeah. I thought tonally they handled it really well. Yeah, they are not making fun of him. And even at the end, which it, it does expose. I mean, this is a spoiler alert, but do you, are you, if you're going to watch the rest of it, I will not I am, say but, anything. No, but okay, man, no. Well, I will, let me just say the way that you said to me with, um, me, uh, with, uh, not the Fablemans. Oh my God. Fleischman is, is in trouble mm-hmm. that, that you are in for a ride. And it's really, he is such a, uh, He's just a very authentic character. And like some of the things, I can't believe that anybody would think that he's an anti-hero because he is, his intentions really are pure. And Mm -hmm. his desire for these stories as a way, him concocting these stories out of his life as a way to heal things that have wounded him Mm -hmm. is what I see going on. And they're interesting and a little sad, but also he's so, he bravely goes into all of it. Like, He's not passive in his journey. No. The minute he starts to sm- to smell something, he's like, I'm going to call, uh, he calls BCBS. She's like, write a check to Blue Cross Blue Shield, but make it out to BCBS. He's like, this smells fishy. I'm calling this place. I'm figuring this out. I'm getting yeah. to the bottom of it. He's never like, well, yes. that's weird, but I'm going to turn a blind eye. And I like that about him. Yes. And he makes some very, very, very human mistakes. One being that, you know, this story is he finds out that his wife, ex-wife and her boyfriend are part of a big child sex trafficking organization, right? He takes the stuff to the FBI. He tries to get law enforcement to pay attention to the fact that she is a madam and they are shipping girls in and this needs to be addressed. And he does start, his books are available on a website that's something like stopchildsextrafficking.org. But is it real? There really is a sex ring or it's all his imagination run amok? Well, that is something that the show reveals how that unfolds. Um, so I don't I don't know if I want to say, but I will say he does put this website, stopchildsextrafficking.org with his books and things on it. There's no real mention or way to stop child sex trafficking except to buy one of his books. Now that is <laughs> that is a mistake, right? But a very human mistake because in his mind he's like, well, let's stop. It, you know, it right. becomes a big deal. He's like, that's his nobility in all of this in exposing them and chasing them is like, I got dumped, but they're mobsters and child mm-hmm. sex traffickers. So that's the narrative that drives him. And he is very pure in it. And when he finds out that some of the things that he thought were true aren't, it, or or when someone calls him out and says, there's no nothing really on this website that says child sex trafficking or like, mm-hmm. but isn't, isn't having a mail-order bride sort of also sex trafficking, like little things like that that sort of point out his reaction is never like, screw you, I'm right. It's always like, you see in that moment, he genuinely didn't think of that. Right. Right. It's innocent. I mean, it really is. He's just doing his thing. Like, right. He ha- it, uh, which is lovely, which is also, I think, the kind of personality that makes you the person that tweets 150 or 300 directors just boom, 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 because I you're... I know. Isn't that you have incredible? no 
sense of like, well, why wouldn't that work? Or what, you know, I mean, that's the other part of the story that's incredible. Uh, May we back up to episode one and talk about how he fell for Melinda's character, whose name is escaping me. Audrey. uh, Thank you, Audrey. So um, she proposes that they will have what's called a part-time marriage (laughs) and she will only be there three days a week. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad idea. I'm just putting it out there. If if oh, Jeremy no. or Patrick are open to this. Yeah. No, but she, okay, so Pete, there's a clip that I loved at 15 minutes and 35 seconds to 16 minutes in the pilot. Play it, please, Pete. I don't see Audrey for days. A few days later, I got an email from Audrey. She was sorry about what happened and she wanted to get together. Dearest Paul, please consider this. But with conditions. 5K per month deposited into joint checking account to cover my current expenses. Sleep time shall be around 8.30 p.m. and wake time around 6.30 a.m. Sex time around 5 a.m. Dinner with friends and or family once per week. Exercise daily, walks, synagogue weekly or bi-weekly. What'd you do? Great plan. Come for dinner tomorrow night. Send. Okay, I know what you're thinking. You're an idiot. <laughs> so Audrey gives this list of all the her requirements. Or, or oh. right? And then yeah. um, she says, and we have to go to synagogue or something. And I was like, oh, I'm <laughs> out. But other than that, I was all in on Audrey. I'm like, she only wants my attention three days a week. She wants to limit the sexual contact. Like, this is all what I'm about. Well, I if really she hasn't enjoyed Audrey. Actually, gone to jail or been blown up, you could always, you know, reach out to her. You know, do I mean? we know where she is? I didn't. Um, I'm trying to remember if they, if they end up telling you where she ends up. I think she might still be in San Diego. Oh, or Florida? Maybe Florida. I'm not sure. Well, okay. I don't. I don't remember. Well, San Diego, we could get her. I know, right? I mean, we could go down because we're not. We're definitely not her. going to Florida. That's not happening. I broke up with Florida in 2000, so I can't go back. No, kidding. I'm kidding, Aunt Myrna. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he's not a guy who's had a lot of success with the ladies, and he starts to fall for her and just push aside any... We've all done it. We've all been like, well, I'm sure that'll get better. I'm sure she'll really love me and look at me like she wants me. And yeah, you know... I- and in his telling of the story, he's very, like, it's interesting because he's very like, I am filing for a divorce. Like, once he finds out that she's cheating on him, you know, it, and and even when it, it takes a little bit longer than it should, when your wife asks you to write a check to BCBS mm-hmm. <laughs> and says, it's Blue Cross Blue Shield. And then he does his research and finds out that she's actually asking him to write a check to her. She has mm-hmm. a trailer with that corporation has that address. And yeah, so he gets a sense that he's being scammed, but he still writes her a second check. <laughs> All right. It's, it's a very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, in terms of the meta nature of the show, it's hard to explain. So I really recommend people watch it. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. They're mid scene. And then they're like, well, you know, this wasn't, the only actor we saw for this role. And then they show us auditions. Yeah. They, which they, yeah. blows my mind to go back and see his actual first ex-wife. He had a mail order Russian bride. She auditioned to play 
herself. Yeah. It was, it's just bizarre. She was so good, too. I know. They seem to have a nice rapport. Obviously, he invited her to the set to watch the auditions for her part. But yeah, um, but I shows do not do this. They don't have like seven no. layers of you're yeah. seeing a reenactment. Now you're seeing how we're filming it. Now you're seeing the director. Now you're seeing auditions for it. Now you're oh, seeing yeah. the book it was based on. Well, because the whole through line of it is what is reality and what is fantasy, right? That's yeah. the question. Yeah. And b- they show, and I think that this is one of the things I think, because when I heard about the show, you know, um, I was like, how do you even accomplish something like that? But right. I think the director did such a great job in really keeping, I was never confused he shoots things differently. Like he makes the TV sort of fantasy stuff really look like a TV show, like Like polished. Dirty John. It it was yeah. very much supposed to look like Dirty John, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then the interview stuff really looks like you can tell, oh, that's really him talking in present day. And then being the behind the scenes, you always really got a sense of like, oh, they're shooting and this is an audition. And and he, the way he just used all of the tools to to keep you right, right on the beat of the story every time mm-hmm. it was like yeah i he's a genius and a really interesting guy and later in the series you get to know the director a little bit more oh cool because there's because he hires a guy to play the director oh to play the director to show the part where he's meeting the director that part of the story right because uh-huh. we're following uh-huh. paul's right. story and then he's like well, he's not really doing it right you need to do it so paul wants wants Jason to actually sit in. So this guy who's playing the director is like, well, does that mean I'm fired? Like, should I go? Like, oh, God. It's, it's so weird. But it's fun and funny yeah. and everybody has such a light. Like, they're all confused and a little bit like, what is this? But they're having a good time. Like, it's a wonderful mix of reality and fantasy, sad and funny. Um, yeah. In, you know, and intriguing. I mean, I'm yeah. a- a- I'm just three episodes in. And as I said, there's a shift and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. What's going to happen? So it's totally it's a well-constructed story, too. Yes. Um, there was one part that I found hilarious. In episode two, he's sitting with his lawyer, and I'm putting it in quotes because it's an actor playing his lawyer. And they're doing a scene. So Paul is playing himself, actor playing the lawyer. Somebody yells, cut. Paul wants to help the actor with his motivations <laughs> and, and the truth behind it. And this actor is like ignoring Paul and and concerned with his makeup touch-ups and he's like turning he's like am I shiny here can 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 somebody get my and it, like you do see the challenges of working with someone who's like that's not how he said it right <laughs> Paul would be like no my lawyer says it this way do you want to know how my lawyer really does it and this poor actor's like uh no I've developed my character I'm good thanks you know it was it's just so interesting that's one of the only times I felt an, a slight eye roll at Paul from this one yeah. actor who was like, I don't want you directing me right now. I just want to do the scene. <laughs> yeah. But I, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I highly recommend it. I, I actually bought Peacock for it. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to like when it started, I was like, this story is so interesting. Yeah. Um, what is this book it's based on? Maybe I'll order <gasps> the audiobook. We see him like recording his audiobook. Yes. But then in within like the first 10 minutes, you're like, oh no, that audiobook is not <laughs> not good, not well written. And yeah. to hear Melinda describe him as an unsophisticated writer, like yeah. that his script was unsophisticated, that checks out. 
Yes. Yeah. It It is a, a guy who's watched a lot of television and movies who is sort of spitting out what he's seeing and putting himself, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, in the main role. <laughs> and 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 back to raving about Melinda. She's such good casting in this role. Oh, yeah. She is so, Melinda's actually too beautiful. Like there, she is like stage screen, classically beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which in her first shot, I was like, I don't know that she pulls off like small town con artist, desperate woman looking to, but I feel like they glammed her up in the first shot because that's when he was seeing her and he was yes. like, oh my God, she's a knockout. And then they glammed her down and mm-hmm. she, her acting is so good that I did buy that she was this small town con artist yes. and not too beautiful for the role. I agree. And I think there is a part of that that helps with the reality versus TV part of it too, right? Is that all of the actors playing the people, just like in life, are slightly prettier, right? They're mm-hmm. they're better looking. They're the TV version of the real people. Right. So I think that's part of the whole um, conceit too. Right. Right. Oh my God. The woman who played the, the uh, cat, uh, pet psychic. Dee Wallace. Oh my God. The I ma- forgot The mom from her. E.T. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. know. I was so excited to see her. I was like, oh and my she's God. she's really good. She's really good. Yeah. I love All her. All she does is sit in a chair and do those interviews in the first three episodes. I don't know if she does more. No. She's really good. And yeah. v- very different from the actual pet psychic. Yeah. But yet, <laughs> but really gripping. Yeah. And I love, I love pet, that. The pet psychic is then also commenting on her performance. Yes. Right? Like saying, like, that's not how I would have said that or whatever. <laughs> they they let them take ownership. Yeah. Like, they, they didn't just say, thanks for your story, thanks for your interviews, we're going to go do our thing. They were like, come to set, give us your your input, be there to keep us honest. I, that's, yeah, that's scary to me. Well, I think what's interesting about it, you're you're right, which is probably why it took 10 years and why there was no director besides Jason Wolner who could do this, right? Oh. Because he does all the Borat things. Like, he's used to things getting uncomfortable and real and from the mind of someone who's creating a reality that mm-hmm. did not exist before, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I think that's what's so, like... He what I can what I see this as is somehow miraculously he met Paul T. Goldman, he read the book, he met him, and he his question was, what the hell is going on inside this guy's brain? Yeah. What what is going on? Does he understand the difference between reality and fantasy? Like what is going on? And he somehow then took everything in his brain and made a series out of it mm-hmm. in a way that is not a, just the fantasy or the reality. It's both. It's remarkable. It's yeah. remarkable what he it, did. Yeah. And it takes that leap of faith yeah. to say, I'm not sure what this will be, but let's yeah. start. Let's rip this Band-Aid off and start. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. I, I forgot that he did Borat, but it, Borat, I think, is very funny and very edgy and uh, genre bending as well. Yes. But it does victimize people. Yeah, you end up feeling really uncomfortable for some people in Borat who are unsuspecting and they don't yeah. know they're being tricked or lied to or they're part of a sketch. They don't realize. Yeah, this doesn't do that. Yeah, so no. it's like the best parts of Borat where you're like, wait a minute, that's real. Oh wow. Oh, that's hilarious. That's what gets into Paul T. Goldman. Yeah. Yep. So totally. Do you think and- Jason Walner's mom was like, that's not nice what you did to those people in Borat? 
You don't do that again in your next thing. I don't know. Is she from the Midwest? I hope so. <laughs> oh, honey. I was just going to say, I think we should, starting today, um, tweet at Jason Wolner, though. Don't right? you think? Yeah. He like, probably I, just answers everybody's tweets and makes their life stories. Yeah. I'll do the first hundred today. Okay. And you take over like around two and you do the next hundred and let's just keep going. Like, I'm sure our fandies will support us in this. Yes. Tag and tweet and twat us. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Just to be clear, when I make the movie of your life, which I'm planning on doing and starring as you. Finally. Too much pressure. You will not be invited on set <laughs> to criticize my work as I go. You're just going to have to pay your 20 bucks at the theater like the rest of America. Okay? I will be I will be Paul T. Goldman. I'll be to the side going, she looks good. She looks good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll be doing. I would be overjoyed if you would play the story of my life, the better version. <laughs> right. Uh, well, should yeah. we give it some man jobs? Yes. I'm going to give it five. I, I mean, I'm almost at a five. I, I'd be curious. I don't think it's for everyone, but I Probably do think not. there's there's something to discuss. And it's so thought provoking. Yeah. So I'll give it like, a, you know, 4.5, 4.75. Um, but I, I do think everyone should check it out. I think there's. Yeah. It's water cooler for sure. Yeah. And what I like about it, just being in this conversation, like, because I watched the rehearsal and I loved it. You did not care for mm. it. A lot of people. That is a much edgier sort of reality as entertainment, but also curated to sort of, you know, this book that I'm reading, The Candy House by Jennifer Egan. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend it. But it also plays with these like, it's a futuristic society that feels a lot like ours where people can like upload their consciousness and like mm -hmm. what's real and us dabbling with our inner things as entertainment our online presence as or is that real or is who we are real right. like i think these stories everyone's trying to sort of figure out like well what is real and especially when we put it on television Right. How, where yeah. does it become news and entertainment? All that stuff. Wait, like what Melinda was saying. So About the fact that this crying, show yeah. does that, but doesn't make you uncomfortable no. and you get to sort of explore that. I It's entertaining I, as all get out. Oh, it's very funny and interesting. Yeah. And he's a yeah. very I think he's very empathetic, very empathetic. They did a really good job. So, yay. How fun. Yeah. Ooh. Well, um, oh, wait, wait, before you tell what? me what. Uh, what I'm going to watch or read or listen to or whatever. Yeah. We need to tell people some business. Oh, my God, we, we do. We have to tell people that The Man Cave is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Pete Wright, music by Ian Post. And yes. if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, stop what you're please, doing. Pull please. over. Yeah. Leave us Turn a five-star review. Turn off your vacuum cleaner. <laughs> And write a review. And your when tub. you do, like Rowan.com uh, <laughs> wrote that we're the best and that she loves or she, I, I, Rowan is a female name. I love cracking up with Maybe. them. Aww, so not only are we the best, but we're funny. So thank you, Rowan.com. Thank you. Ask us questions on that Apple podcast review. We'll answer them on the podcast. Yeah, we love you. Oh, and you can also talk to us on Discord. Go to mancave.com slash Discord. There's a couple channels, one for uh, regular folk and then one for fandies, which is uh, you can support us by subscribing $5 a month. 
That's like nothing. I paid more than that for Peacock. I mean, you know what I mean? Yes. This is top grade entertainment. Um, it's a couple pieces of sushi. Like, you know what I mean? It's the I real do. deal. Our classy people know how to be fandies. Mancave.com slash fandy. That's F-A-N-D-Y. And there's also, uh, you can go find our funny, interesting t-shirts and merch. <laughs> oh my God. Paul T. Goldman has merch. Um, Mancave.com slash merch. So go check that out as well. Let's send Melinda uh, a good oh, yes. travel mug or t-shirt. Let's let's absolutely her up. yes. That's a good idea. We'll pick we'll pick a nice one for her because they do. They have some nice feminine, good quality t-shirts. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, so this is going to be interesting. Because, I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, I'm going to assign you a podcast. A podcast called Mystic Mother. Have okay. you listened to it? No. <laughs> okay. Now, I can't tell. Like, I suspect you're going to hate it. So I'm sorry about that. Awesome. I also had, like, there was, like, a there was like a football story of, like, oh, it's the greatest, uh, you know, rookie come from behind story that you've ever heard. But I didn't assign you that because I want to talk about Mystic Mother. Um, the thing about it is, though, it's a little slow. So, like, amp up the speed a little bit. Perfect. <laughs> uh, but towards the end, no, towards the end, that's the meat of the stuff, man. That's okay. the part that I really, I, I suspect we're going to have very different opinions on this. Uh, and I'm very excited to share it with you. Mystic Mother. How much a, do I listen to? It says season three, episode one. Oh, yeah. So, just season three. So, it's a, um, I forget what the name of the of the series is. It's like Witnessed, I think, is the name of the series. Oh, I see. Okay, and then they have different Mystic stories. Mother. They have different stories every season. And the third season is Mystic Mother. And okay. as you can tell from the title, it's so my jam. Yeah. And I'm very excited. But it's also it's okay. kind of salacious. It's interesting. There may be a brothel involved. A so, brothel? Yeah. That's how brothel. you say that, right? Oh, so. Whatever. <laughs> Honey, you don't work at one without knowing how to pronounce it. <laughs> Is that what the purple door is all about? I knew it. <laughs> um, all right. So great. Right. So do a little bit of listening on your morning walks. And uh, I love you. That's I love fun. you. I know. Can't wait till next week. Yeah. I'll try to like look nice. I'll get a plant for this place or something. Melinda really showed us up. She did. <laughs> We'll be right back.